What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back in the comfy confines of Studio 1A here in downtown Arlington, in the heart of Arlington County, in Clarendon, Virginia. I'm your host, Chris Farley. We are back for episode number 80, and back in her appropriate position to my right, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? How's it going? It's good. We're recording on a Wednesday. We are recording on a Wednesday. A sad Wednesday, I guess. Uh, a Wednesday. Yes, for sure. We are recording on the Wednesday. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but let's also bring in our other co-host. To our left, it's Williamy Docs. Docs, what's up? Just like our politics, I lean left and Joanna <laughs> leans right, right, which is exactly. why we sit in this position and Farley's right down the middle. That's exactly right. <laughs> Uh, you know, it the, took me a long time. I, I, I will I will admit this. Farley loves this because he loves when I sound stupid on the show. Uh, I, I do love that. I couldn't figure out what left and right was for the longest really? time. Like, like longer than I'd like to admit. Like your actual left and right or your political left <laughs> politically, and right? Politically. Politically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, politically, I was like, like people say, well, he leans left. And I really would just like smile George. and nod politely. And I was like, because I couldn't remember which one was left, which one was right. Welcome to my world. I do that a lot. <laughs> Not on that. I actually do know it's left and right. Well, I do now, but I'm just right. saying like it, it, it's later than I, than right. I care Did to admit. Prefer yeah. to admit, yeah. Well, it is uh, the Wednesday after the election. We are getting this podcast in a little early. We got um, some travel plans for one of the hosts. So we'll talk a little election. Not a lot. A little election. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, Joanna's travel plans. We are three days out from running the New York City Marathon. At least two-thirds of our crew here ran the New York City Marathon. I ran in New York. <laughs> you did. You did. Not a marathon. And, and you ran all around the marathon mm-hmm. course and mm-hmm. uh, spectated. So we'll talk a little bit uh, more about the New York City Marathon. Really enjoyed our trip uh, up to the Big Apple uh, a lot of content that uh, we we got from from the New York City trip. So we will also play a couple interviews that we uh, had uh, there with with a couple of the A6 athletes who sat down with us uh, in our makeshift studio in our hotel. So a lot to get into here today. Yeah, and as it turns out, we recorded so much material in New York, uh, we just put it in the can, and we're going to be releasing it every week for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, uh, so we don't have to do very much work. Yeah, yeah. I think well, that's you don't. <laughs> that's uh. true. you got to edit it down. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So we will be back for uh, new material in January of 2017. Yes. And the two of you get a well-deserved two-month vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how many drop in how many <laughs> drop of followers we get uh, if if we did that. But no, that I, he's only kidding. We're not going to do that. Just want to make sure everybody knows we are committed to this program. We just had to accommodate a little bit of a travel schedule and uh, mm-hmm. from New York, so a little different show this week. But I did want to start a little bit, just a very little bit on uh, the election, and and I I, I oh said, boy I, I say. <laughs> I, I will I will start it off because I don't have much to say because I'm the by far the least educated on this whole thing uh, <laughs> in the room here and I've got my son and here to I'm yeah, about, yeah I was gonna say James is in the room today yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's a pretty big statement so uh, you know I think I said this to our management group yesterday like I, I just like to stay away from talking politics I just think it's yeah. a bad. Um, it's just a it 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 just can go down a bad road when you it, talk it, any sort of politics. I know, I know, and I, I think that's one of the shames, though, is that politics has gotten so divisive that everybody says you you can't talk politics in the workplace, you can't talk about it at parties, you can't talk like I I really don't think that politics needs to be this divisive, and I think that that is a a, a big issue. You should be able to express your opinions without upsetting somebody else and having an intelligent conversation. And I think that's what founded this country. And I think that that's what this country needed during its toughest times. And now we've, we've really gotten to a point where you, you, you can't really express your opinion without, without upsetting it somebody else, you know? Well, I went to bed at 10.30 last night thinking that uh, the election was going to go one way. Uh, and then woke up surprised that it went another so that shows my commitment to this election <laughs> you guys stayed up a little later than me right 
docs on, I, I did yeah. yeah you stayed up till the end or when you knew what was gonna what was gonna happen yeah i mean i i wanted to see it out so i okay. i i went to bed knowing what would happen yeah and and joanna i think is a bit of a political junkie Maybe that's a little, maybe, maybe unfair or not, but do you stay as far up to the bitter as, end? As far as this table's concerned yeah. and this room <laughs> yeah, is concerned, yeah, yes, yeah. she is. So did you stay up to the bitter end? Uh, I didn't stay up that late, but uh, I saw some of the swing va- swing states go for Trump, and then I kind of knew what was going to happen as well. And then I just thought I'd sleep it off, see how things looked in the morning. So, d- <laughs> Joanna, did you watch this from home, or did you go to go out to view this somewhere uh, in a social setting? No, I actually watched from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably, I could have gone somewhere, but I, I also thought that it would just be better to watch from my house. Mm-hmm. Were you by yourself, roommates, dog? Um, no, actually, one of my neighbors came over. Okay, all right. This this is uh, Joanna watching. The, this is like how I describe watching uh, U.S. soccer. Like I won't go somewhere public. Right. I need to watch this in the comforts of my own home because I'm because I'm too into I, it. So this is like her sports team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- I think sometimes when you go to like a bar, you go to somebody's house and everyone is like really excited and they're not necessarily right. paying attention to what's happening on the screen unless like something really big happens. So I I didn't really want to miss anything. Oh, you can relate to my Redskins. Finally, <laughs> we, we we see eye to eye on 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 what the Redskins actually mean. So or the Washington football team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, um, I, I said, uh, I think it's not a topic to discuss. Politics aren't something that should be discussed. Uh, what do you how do you feel about that? Um, I'd respectfully disagree. I think, like Doc said, um, we shouldn't be afraid to discuss politics. Um, and, and the biggest thing that I think we need to do in this country is just be more respectful of each other. And we have this right and the left so that both of these sides can express their opinions. And then we meet somewhere in the middle. And that's what makes America great is when we are meeting in the middle as opposed to just standing all on one side. It tips over the boat. Okay. If I can like just keep throwing metaphors yeah. out there. Right. <laughs> How many metaphors can you fit into this sentence? Well, the other thing that I I sometimes bring up when people talk about like being really rigid in their ideas is that I I think it's good to have ideas as opposed to strong beliefs because ideas can be discussed and molded where beliefs are much harder to change. And some beliefs, uh, people, even if it is a good belief, maybe it needs a little bit of adaptation or um, rounding to it. But, uh, you know, have you guys ever heard of the catch up question before? No. Okay, so um, there are two places that people keep ketchup generally, and most people um, keep it in the refrigerator with other, like mustard, mayo, Condiments, yeah, yeah, that kind sure. of thing. But there are people who keep ketchup in the cabinet. Open ketchup in the cabinet? Yeah. Never heard of that. Which seems crazy, right? But so this is a different way of thinking. So some people categorize ketchup differently. So ketchup belongs in the cabinet with... Um, I don't even know what's in a cabinet, but because I keep it in the refrigerator, but they categorize ketchup differently, right? So when you have ketchup thinkers who keep it in the cabinet and then ketchup thinkers who keep it in the refrigerator come together, you're going to get different ideas because mm. if you're always surrounded by people who have the same ideas as you, you're never going to move forward because you're just going to keep circling around the same topics, the same beliefs. But if you bring in new ideas, then you can come up with much better, bigger, broader ideas. But you, right. know, you know, what's interesting is most people that i know they'll keep the ketchup in the in the refrigerator but every restaurant you go to it's on the table yeah that's that's so, true like, i never, never have you ever about thought that. about like does it really need to be refrigerated are we all getting sick every time we go to a restaurant that's true um i just thought maybe they'd put the ketchup in the refrigerator at the end of the night but they probably don't yeah i were i've worked in a bunch of restaurants and we never did uh. <laughs> Do you think um, we just lost a lot of ketchup listeners? Yes, we did. <laughs> ketchup we, we, fans. Because it's so divisive yeah. with this yes. ketchup analogy. Yeah. I, and I think, and I think some people probably are very firm in their ketchup stance. I don't some, really... some people have ketchup <laughs> beliefs. Yeah. And they need to have ketchup ideas. Exactly. See? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. I, again, I, I don't know a whole lot about... Um, be very uh, careful, politics. Farley. We yeah. just had a very yeah. productive conversation. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't know, knock yeah, this house of cards down. I don't know a whole lot about politics. So I, I think um, I'm prepared to move on unless you guys wanted to add any final uh, last words on it. This is a very risky thing, but okay. can can we ask who you voted for? <laughs> I told you I voted for William E. Docs. Thank you very much for You're, your vote. For I appreciate writing. it. 
Yeah. Um, I actually, I mean, that was the most disappointing thing. I actually cried a little bit last night. <laughs> I was seeing like the, the Virginia uh, numbers come in, the DC numbers come yeah. in, the Maryland. You know, I thought like at least DC centric, uh, I would have gotten, you know, carried a stronger vote. <laughs> Um, well, I, you just we have like millions of listeners. I know. Well, you didn't do enough campaigning, Docs. That you know, eight, you didn't. Ha- you didn't have a catchy slogan. What was your slogan? <laughs> um, yeah, my slogan no was slogan. Exactly. my my slogan was uh, after you vote for me, I'll let you know who my vice president is. <laughs> That's not a very good slogan if you're trying to win. Uh, and I know, and it and it didn't fit on the whole front of a T-shirt, so right. it kind of wrapped around. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Greg who who recommended that I release some sort of last minute campaign yes. post as we were leaving New York right. on, on Monday. As a special edition on the podcast. Yeah, just like a one mm-hmm. minute, like, hey, we're not going to have a show, but don't forget to go out tomorrow and vote for me, William E. Docs, uh, for president. Right. And and I have to say that that uh, probably was it was the biggest miscalculation Huge in my miss. campaign. <laughs> Huge uh, miss. By not releasing that. Yes. Uh, you know, just getting that last word in to, to our millions and millions of listeners. Yeah, well, you'll know for uh, next uh, next four years. And and I think I got in got in a little bit too late, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, so I'm announcing my candidacy now uh, for the next election in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we will we will talk about this every day or every episode for the next four years. I'd say work bu- workshop your slogan though. Yeah. Would be my one advice. How who's about, who's your campaign that? manager? Might be Greg. Uh, right, right. I mean he had great advice, right? Maybe but AJ. AJ was AJ's yeah, AJ's like also gonna be Well I, I don't know, do we want AJ AJ full time working the podcast? That's true. Uh you know, because as I said yesterday, we will separate the podcast from the presidency and taxpayers Smart. will not pay for the podcast. <laughs> I promise you that. Okay, first campaign promise. That's a yes. good platform. Yes. Yeah, so I'm okay. running in 2020, so please uh, vote for me in 2020. Yeah, I hope the podcast is still around in 2020. <laughs> Joanna, do you hope the podcast is still around in 2020? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. Well, we're hoping our next couple of guests will also join us in Japan as athletes for the 2020 Olympics. You know, every year the Olympics and the election are the same. It's it is so the weird, same huh? cadence. Do you so think weird. it's a conspiracy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it just happens that way. Well, not the not the Winter Olympics. Summer Olympics and the election are the same cadence every year. How about that? Yeah. Well, we sat down with two folks from ASICS who are stud athletes who are v- going to be vying for Olympic spots in 2020. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's play the Rachel Johnson interview first. So Rachel is a athlete for the ASICS Furman Elite Team down there in South Carolina. She ran the 5K the Saturday for the marathon, finishing in seventh place. She's a Baylor grad and a steeplechase hopeful for the 2020 Olympics. It's Rachel Johnson next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, guys, we are excited to be joined by here live in New York. Well, we're actually not live, but we're in New York City. <laughs> and we're joined by Rachel Johnson. She is an elite runner with the Furman Elite Racing Team, which is an ASIC-sponsored, our great friends at ASIC-sponsored uh, team. So, Rachel, thank you for joining us. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Good. Well, you are here in New York City. For the marathon weekend, you're not running the race, though, right? I'm not. I ran a 5K, actually, this morning. Okay. So I did that. It's the Abbott dash to the finish line. So I think it was the last three miles or 3.1 of the marathon, but in the park. not 26.2. Yes. So how, yeah, how did you do in the race? Yeah, it went well. Um, we're kind of just training right now at Furman Elite and getting in some good base work. So definitely not super quick right now or you know in pr shape or anything but it was a fun race to get into and there are some really good girls racing in it so it was just a fun race it's awesome well good um so rachel is is from texas and uh ran at baylor where in texas are you from I'm from the Dallas area. Okay. It's North Dallas, um, Plano, if you've heard of it. Yeah. My uh, grandparents are from Bonham. Oh, cool. You know where Bonham is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
cool. So so she is a she was a star high school runner. Was second at Foot Locker uh, back in the day when she ran. And back in the day is different than our back in the day because she's only 20, <laughs> she's only twenty three years old. A real twenty three. Yeah, exactly. And then was uh, fifth at uh, the the big meet at the national meet in two thousand fourteen in the steeplechase, which is your signature event, right? Yes. So yeah, you I do the steeplechase steeple. and you've run nine forty one, which is an an awesome time. And the steeplechase remind our listeners. What is the steeplechase? So the steeplechase, if this is what I always tell people, if you look on YouTube and look up the steeplechase fails, then you'll see all of the fails <laughs> of people going through the water jump. And right. then like once I say that, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know what the steeplechase is. I've totally seen those videos. But basically, it's a 3,000 kilometer race where there are barriers that you hurdle over the track and then there's a water jump as well so you're basically hurdling while you're racing a long distance race so it's kind of like cross country on the track do you have a uh, steeple fail on youtube yourself i do not i did one time at conference in college i fell over the first barrier because it was an outside water water jump so the barrier is in the first like 50 meters of the yep. race and somebody clipped my heel <sighs> on it and went down but got back up finished the race well so. <laughs> i want to show you this picture rachel so i was showing the guys this picture oh, yeah. of 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 you oh, but yeah. someone behind i mean this is you can google you know uh rachel john and watch her come over a, a barrier at uh, one of the national meets, probably in Eugene. But you make it over fine, but the person behind you, not so lucky. Yeah, not so lucky. <laughs> so if you want to see a true steeple fail, you can see uh, Rachel on, on the internet. Google it. <laughs> on the internet, you can see her hurtling the uh, barrier fine, but the... but the racer behind her going headfirst into the water. Yeah, so we will t- we will tweet that out at... At Pace the Nation. So you are here in New York. Have you ever been to New York City besides uh, this weekend's trip? Yeah, I went to New York my, I think it was my freshman year in college, and we raced at the Armory. Okay. Um, so it was a really fun race. The Armory is a really cool indoor track, and being from Texas, we never had any indoor meets, so right. that was kind of my first indoor meet, and really fun, and now it's just great to be back in New York, kind of experiencing it experiencing a different side of it yeah and, and asics has brought you out here and it is uh, a different side of running for sure like you yeah. said i mean this this whole weekend the pageantry the the excitement just all that goes on kind of what did you expect and what have you seen this weekend here at uh, New York City for Marathon Weekend? Yeah, I definitely did not expect there to be so many events around New York City for the marathon. I knew it's a huge marathon, mm-hmm. but there's just so many different things that you can do around the city like for the marathon like there was this 5k this morning and we've been to a couple you know cocktail parties or yep. dinners celebrating runners in the past so it's just a really really cool atmosphere and experience and you can be walking around and see elite runners here um just around the city so yeah you just cool. if you're in the park you can just see like docs and i were in the par- park this morning we see molly huddle running by yeah uh, another steeple uh, chaser. We saw Ashley Higginson running through the park. So there are a lot of luminaries in the sport here. So it really is a cool weekend to be to be a part of. And it's great that ASICs brought you here. Oh so, yeah. So so talk about ASICs and and the partnership that they have with Furman Elite. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love being sponsored by ASICs. It's a really really great company. And in high school, I ran an ASICs, um, and then I had to go to Nike mm-hmm. um, for, with Baylor, like with Baylor, yep. because Baylor's sponsored by Nike. Yep. But then I got to go back to ASICs. When after you got college. to choose, you said I'm going to go. Yeah, back I'm to like ASICs. I'm going back to ASICs. <laughs> nice, yeah. Nice. So <laughs> um, it's a really really great company. I love their shoes. No, and, we we yeah. we love them, and we really appreciate uh, Greg and. AJ, for for bringing us up here, what shoes do you train in? Yeah, so I train in the Nimbus um, right now. So um, it's kind of a more heavy shoe, but I like it. It has a lot of support and um, it's able to help me run the mileage that I need to run in. So no doubt. We, yeah. we actually docs and I are wearing the New York city Nimbus right now. Oh, so you got to nice. get your hands on a pair of these. These are really nice. Thanks to get good folks, folks at ASICS. Yeah. So they have been a partner of, of Furman elite for the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? What do they do for Furman elite? 
Yeah, so they help us out. Um, you know, we can, like my teammates and I all live in apartments and they'll pay for wow. our rent, um, set us up with that, just kind of set us up all at Furman so that we don't really have to worry about anything but training mm -hmm. and reaching our goals and becoming our best. So they'll pay for our housing and then for some altitude trips and traveling. So we really, really appreciate that. And then on top of that, they give us all this gear to no train doubt. in and um, it's just awesome and great yeah, to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, of. so you, as a professional runner, I mean, take us through like our listeners, you know, we, we've had a few other professional runners on, on, on the show, but you know, take us through what a day looks like for you as uh, your life as a professional runner for Furman Elite. Yeah, so typically we'll have practice at 8.30 if we are practicing at the Furman track. Mm -hmm. Two days out of the week we'll drive out somewhere else to run in trails or something like that. But usually we go out to the track and do our workout, you know, run our mileage. We'll do some plyometrics and hurdle mobility drills. Um, and then head back, grab some breakfast. Um, a lot of times we'll just kind of chill, watch TV shows and relax and recover. What TV shows are you watching now? Yeah, uh, well, we watched Narcos for a while. Is that a so Netflix show? It sure yeah, is. Yeah, okay. it's a Netflix show. So that was a good one. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you are spending, I mean, you can only train for something. You said your plyos, your track workout, your distance runs. I mean, yeah, that takes, you know, three, four hours a day. And rest is a big part of what you do. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you can't fill the entire day with running, obviously. Does it get boring? Right. <laughs> um, for me, I'm the kind of person that makes myself busy. So, okay. I'll, like, I have a job at a running shop. So, you do work um, at a running shop. Yeah, okay. I do work at a running shop. So, that's really fun. It's Greenville Running Company. Okay, so, cool. I work there. How many of your teammates work there as well? Is um, it, is I'm it the only just one. Oh, really? yeah. You're the that only ambitious there. one of the whole <laughs> Furman Elite group. Well, okay. there's another group called Greenville Track Club, and a lot of those girls work at other shoe stores, too. So a okay. lot of elite runners in the Greenville area work at shoe stores. But, yeah. It, it sounds like Greenville's like a real hub for elite I runners. I know. Yeah. Um, and biking, too, is big there. So it's really fun for me because we can go out on – there's a trail called the Swamp Rabbit Trail, and it goes through downtown Greenville all the way out to Traveler's Rest, which is kind of a suburb of Greenville. And there's always people out walking and biking and just having fun on that. Well, a, a lot of our listeners uh, go to our Pacers running 14th Street location. Our former manager, who everybody misses, his name is Frank DeVar. Mm -hmm. He decided to move to Greenville and run for a track club. Yeah. yeah. So do you know Frank or do you know the yeah, track club? Yeah, I've met him. He's on uh, the Greenville track club, okay, the one that I was it. talking okay, about previously. Okay. So yeah, yeah, long hair, yeah. Yes, long <laughs> hair, kind of, he's a unique character. Yeah. Um, I haven't spent too much time yeah. with him, but I've spent... No, I don't, mean, I don't mean for you to comment on him. No, oh, no, fine. no. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to the Olive Garden? The Olive Garden? Yeah. Like the restaurant? Or yeah, I understand that yeah. he's he's employed at the Olive Garden. Oh, is he? Oh, is he? <laughs> I think he actually works now at um, Fleet Feet, which is oh, another okay. running company or shoe store. Well, yeah. That, yeah, that Olive Garden stint was probably... They, they probably didn't like his long, greasy hair. <laughs> 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 so they got to go. Well, the that's cooks right. were able to use it in the kitchen. Yeah, that's, that's, oh. that's kind of gross. <laughs> now I don't know if I want to go <laughs> to Olive Garden. <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So uh, it sounds like you guys got a, a, a great uh, system. How, how big is Furman Elite? Like how many girls, how many guys? Yeah, so it's pretty small, which is nice. I didn't have any training partners last year, so it's great to come into a team where I do have training partners. But right now it is me, Stephanie Garcia, and then Aaron Testchuk. And then there's five guys on the team uh -huh. as well. So my training partners are definitely the two girls, but mm -hmm. we all go to practice at the same time mm -hmm. and drive out if we have practice. And so. who's your coach there? Uh, Robert Gary. Robert Gary, former Olympian. Yeah. Uh, Doc's knows Gary, right? Yeah. Uh, Robert Gary used to coach one of uh, one of my friends. Oh, cool. And uh, actually, Robert Gary thinks that I was his agent. Oh, you oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thinks that he was. He thinks that I was his agent. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. Well, you probably won't remember that, so no need to. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to ask. But I do. I mean, it's great that that community supports runners, and it sounds like you got a great great places to run. For sure. So d d when Doc's and I were in college at Virginia. One of the best courses 
that we remember going to was the Furman course, which on the golf course. Do you mm-hmm. guys still train out there on that golf course or run on that golf course? Do they still do meets out there? Yeah, they do. They've done two meets out there. And I think one was a college meet or they're both college meets, okay. but they have high schoolers too that run in them. But yeah, we run on the golf course usually every morning um, or try to get a couple of loops in before the golfers get out. But our practice is so late in the day or late for golfers, I right. guess, that they're usually already golfing. And sometimes we get kicked off, but yeah. But usually, like if we were in D.C., there is no way no you way. could run on golf courses yeah. at all. <laughs> I mean... They would look at us like we were the worst people on earth if you try to run on a golf course. Yeah. So that's awesome that they're, <laughs> they're, they're supportive of it. So, Rachel, you're here in New York City. Are you going to be watching the marathon tomorrow? Well, I am not. I oh. actually have a flight out okay. today. I wish that I were, yeah. but uh, ASICs just flew me in sure. and flew me right for, back for out. The, for the 5K this yeah, morning. Yeah, so I wish that I could, but I'll definitely be keeping up and cheering and stuff. Yeah, so. it, it is an awesome, inspiring event, so it's too bad you're not going to be able to watch it. But yeah. I, I was wondering, uh, you know, if, if, if you think that potentially the marathon, I mean, you're a steeplechaser now, uh, is the marathon potentially in your future? Yeah, um, maybe. I think that steeplechasers are usually either they come from the 1500 meter side of things or the 5k, 10k side of things. And I'm definitely more 5k, 10k instead of shorter distances. So I've never tried a marathon before, but right. I think it would be fun to try when I'm a lot older. Yeah, no, stay yeah. away from it as long as you can. I definitely want to yeah. focus on steeple for at least yeah. like the next four years. And yeah, yeah. Farley, she right. thinks that the marathon is appropriate for somebody your age. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. She, didn't, she didn't say it, but I mean, I no, but I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. No, I agree with you. Stay away from it as long as possible. So your goals currently, you know, uh, are. You're looking at, uh, you know, the big meets are going to do nationals outdoors. Uh, is there a world, there's a world championship this year. Yes. So those are the type mm-hmm. of things that you're training for. And then obviously the Olympics right. coming up in 2020. So talk about, you know, your goals for the next four years. Yeah, definitely just making as many teams kind of that I can. Um, I would love to make the world's team this year. That's kind of our focus at Furman Elite really is to make teams and Um, It's not just to PR or kind of like make it to um, the trials or anything, which are great goals. But at Furman Elite, it's nice because we're all kind of focused on making teams for whatever country we represent. And representing the country that you're you're for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No no doubt. And and that's the level of of competitor. And you said Aaron is competes for the uh, for for Canada. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then Stephanie, of course, is. Uh, a multi, you know, she's made a, f- a few teams mm-hmm. uh, and both of them run the steeplechase. They do. Yeah. So it's really fun because first of all, I have training partners now that are steeplechasers, right. which I've never had before. And on top of that, Robert Gary made it to the Olympics in steeplechase and he's definitely an awesome steeplechase coach, which I've never had either. So just learning the technique from him and hurdle technique yep. and just really getting under his training, I think is going to be really good for me. And, and I think our, our listeners know Emma Coburn mm-hmm. and she won a medal this year at the Olympics in Rio. Yeah. I mean, the U S women's steepling is at uh, the highest level that it's ever been. Right. Yeah, it really is. And that's cool to be a part of too, just bringing up the sport and specifically bringing up the event. That's really fun to be a part of. That's awesome. Well, Rachel, have you ever been to Washington, D.C., where our podcast is based out of? No, I haven't, okay. but I do want to go. All right, well, we'll have to get you. Yeah. I don't know. There's no longer <laughs> the 12K U.S. Championship. I don't know. Pacers will have to put on a race or something to, to bring you in town. Yeah, uh, that would be from, awesome. From Furman. Maybe, maybe we can convince um, Frank to come down, too, and he can, <laughs> he can show you around D.C. Yes. Um, in places other than, you know, not just the olive garden <laughs> other places like that. i don't know cool places in dc wherever you cool people go to <laughs> joanna have you ever run a beer mile no i haven't yeah because we do a beer mile this podcast uh hosted a beer mile this really this, yeah. this last summer oh, yeah okay did anyone it's, run really fast in it we well, won our group well okay we had uh we had <laughs> well we had well, we had a, a relay that we, we didn't. It's we, a four by four. It's had, so brilliant. We had, oh Lu- gosh, we had Lewis yes. Kent, who is the uh, world champion of the beer mile, come in town. Oh, so he was okay. he was pretty good. I mean, he ran under 
under five minutes, I believe. That's close, crazy. Yeah, which is because that has to be like four minute pace while you're yeah, running, it's pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. and you're downing yeah. beers. Yeah, too, I, so. I, I, <laughs> Rachel crazy. doesn't look like a big beer drinker. So let's <laughs> do it. Let's do like a traditional road race for her. Uh, something. Well, I was just saying lines. that's that's the only race that, that the right. podcast has uh, sponsored so far. Uh, that's a, that's a good point. Well, we'll have to figure out a, a way to get you to DC. All right. Well. Rachel, thank you so much for, for joining us yeah. uh, on on Pace the Nation. Best of luck. Uh, thank we you. can we can follow you on Twitter. Uh, is it Rach Runs World? Yes, that's kind of my uh, name for every social media. Okay. So Rach Runs World, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Yep. All right, and you can follow her. She's got a good Instagram and Twitter. Uh, social media presence there and uh we will uh look forward to seeing how you do uh this fall this winter and of course this this spring as you get back on the track to run the steeplechase so rachel johnson thank you so much for joining us awesome thanks so much all right there she goes that's rachel johnson of Furman elite we're here with asics at the new york city marathon this is pace nation Great interview there with Rachel. Really enjoyed sitting down with her. Thanks again to Rachel Johnson, ASICS athlete for the Furman Elite team. And the funny thing was that uh, she left the interview. Yes. And then we're kind of sitting there looking at each other in the studio. And then Joanna's like, shouldn't we have gotten a picture with her? (laughs) So we had to go down to the lobby and chase her down. (laughs) And fortunately... Fortunately, uh, we found her in the lobby. And Mm -hmm. so that's the picture that we... Uh, tweeted out this week at Pace the Nation with the three hosts and Rachel together mm-hmm. down in the uh, Lot Hotel, the New York Palace Lot Hotel. Um, Joanna's new address. So if you have <laughs> if you have mail for Joanna, yeah, please send, send it, it to thirty eighth floor. Thirty eighth floor. Yeah. yeah. We also had a chance to sit down with Diego Estrada. He was the top American finisher at the Chicago Marathon. He's an ASIC a- athlete as well. A really cool story from Diego and he I think is now a marathoner he uh, admits it now he, he finally <laughs> admits it and uh, he was a great interview and we're going to play that next here on Pace the Nation all right welcome back to the program and now excited to be joined by another ASICS athlete it's Diego Estrada. What a coincidence. I know. I know. <laughs> Diego, thanks for joining us. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, appreciate you joining us. You are here for the weekend at New York, in New York City. You're not running the marathon. What are you here for this weekend? So ASICS is sponsoring the event, and they're also trying to promote girls on the run. Mm-hmm. So for every mile, they're donating a pair of shoes. And so I'm just here to just kind of like have a good time, help them out. Today I gave out some free pasta over by uh, the running store, and then I went to the expo. So I'm just, I'm having my fun. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I saw you can follow uh, Diego. It's at Estrada Diego. Uh, I saw you on Twitter. You're handing out and working the expo, handing out bags. Man, they were they putting you to work, or was that what you wanted to do? Was that on, on your own? You decided to do that. Well, I feel like for the last two years, I've just been working 24-7, right. and I haven't had any downtime, Yeah. and now I'm finally on break, and I've reached out to uh, Tony, my boss, and I was like, hey, I want to give back to the company, because every time you try to get a hold of me, there's an excuse, I'm getting ready for this race, right. or the trials are coming up, and you know, part of being a runner is giving back and helping the brand out, so I feel like I haven't completely done that when it comes to like expos and stuff like that, sure. so I was like, hey, this is the time to do it. Yeah, it's cool. And we also saw you saw on Twitter you were on the uh, the treadmill yesterday, and so with with Rachel running and you know running mileage, so you could uh, donate some shoes to girls and run. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, so this is a weekend off for you for marathon running. You were or the top finisher at the Chicago Marathon about a month ago. We were glad to see you finish because, man, also on your Twitter, I looked at your your ankle. It did not look good. Tell us about the the marathon and what happened out there. Yeah, so we were coming off the Olympic trials on the track, and Coach just made the decision that we were going to run Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that was about maybe a two-month period in between. So really, 
I, I wasn't really thinking much about the marathon, but once marathon week approached, I we went over things, and I was like, yeah, I'm in good shape. So I knew I was, I mean, it's one thing to say it, but I felt like I had the fitness to go under 210, and everything was good to go, and throughout so, the race. So, hold, hold, so you, you didn't even realize you were going to run Chicago until you're in your coach at Joe V. Hill, the uh, famous... Uh, legendary coach so he decided about a month before the race no 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 um he decided about two two months and a half but right after boulder the boulder boulder Mm -hmm. he kind of made that decision and he didn't verbally tell me about it he just (laughs) reached out to my agent and they worked it out and i got the phone call and he said hey you're running chicago and he caught me off guard because i i swear i would never run another marathon after the trials and I just said, sure, hanged up the phone, and 30 minutes later, called them back like, what? <laughs> the marathon? And uh, so it was a it was a short buildup, and I'm not too familiar with marathons, but right. it kept me engaged, and it kept me focused, and I was able to stay energized and get to the line healthy and fresh. Well, you did an awesome job not being familiar. Again, you were the top American finisher, uh, eighth place and a time of 213 so i mean that that was pretty solid but it wasn't easy getting there what what happened at about 10k there so right about six miles 10k or so we uh we were gonna get our fluids bottle our fluids or bottles Mm -hmm. and another athlete briefly cuts me off and my eyes of course are directed at my bottle like all the bottles look the same (laughs) yeah which is like fine but I'm making eye contact. I'm on the second table, third bottle, and I don't want to screw that up because in L.A., I didn't take my fluids completely, mm-hmm. and I cramped up. So I'm like, I need that bottle, and I put a gel in that bottle. So I'm like, this is an important one. I'm not yeah. missing it. Yeah. Before you know it, I stepped in a bottle. I take two steps, go down, and I'm looking back trying to figure it out. That's when I saw the bottle. And you actually fell down. Yes. No, initially, I didn't go down, but after rolling my ankle, I took maybe two, three steps, and I just couldn't stand on my foot Wow. and went down. Wow. But uh, at that point, it, you know, you got to make a decision. Do I drop out? And you did dro- drop out, unfortunately, at the trials. Uh, but you decided to keep going. Yeah, no, it ultimately comes down to that. I've That was my debut in, in uh, L.A., and I dropped out. And after having success in the 10K and the half marathon, people start putting expectations on you. And then right. you yourself put the pressure on you that, yeah, breaking 210 should be hard, but I, I should realistically achieve that. And I just put the pressure on myself that I should be a marathoner. And when I went down, it it was more of a, in a way, I was just kind of screw it. I'm going to go as much as I can. And if I drop out, I'm going to drop out. But I just told myself I want to finish a marathon. And I didn't know if that would be it for me, like if I was ever going to try another one. But one thing links to another. I finished finished as top American on May. It's a good feeling. And I lost all that little fear I had. Reserved right. in there for the marathon went away well, and I mean now you're a marathoner. I mean you're yes. la- you're labeled labeled a marathoner. So Joanna was out at the trials, uh, reporting for us for the Pace and Nation crew, and it was hot out there, right, Joanna? It was really hot out there. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, tell us your experience there at the marathon trials in L.A. So my parents are in Northern California, yeah. and I went down there for three weeks in December. And Flagstaff got snowed in, and everybody was panicking. So I stayed an extra week, and we had about. It was a weird winter. We had about 50 degrees, maybe high of 60. Mm -hmm. And most of my workouts were like in mild climate. And then I went back up to altitude and I was in Flagstaff. There was snow on the ground and never did it cross my mind that I should probably work on the heat training aspect of it. So I was too concerned about the altitude. And I dropped down three days before the race and I did a run and I was like, it was like 6 p.m. and it was warm. But I didn't think it would be such a big factor. But then, I mean, I started feeling the cramps at mile 10 yeah and i've never cramped up as bad as i did i just felt like somebody was pulling my hamstrings and it just felt like i had a bungee cord from the achilles to the to my sacrum and then i mean i thought it'd be fine i, I was like i'll just back off a little bit i'll be able to finish and then around mile 16 i started feeling like little tightness on my lower back and at mile 19 i took a stride and i felt like my sacrum cracked and at that point it's not that i dropped out or wanted to drop out i just couldn't move i was on my knees wow so it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. Um. Are we gonna circle back to the Chicago? Yeah. Though? Let's go. Yeah. You can, we can head back to Chicago. Well, I mean, I think we kind of glossed over the fact that uh, you rolled your ankle. Yeah. Early on in the marathon, and then days later, or you know, when you when you flew home, your ankle was like triple the size, right, right. the normal size. 
Like, w- you didn't just fall down. I mean, you legitimately turned your ankle there and finished uh, the majority of the marathon. Another 30K or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, when that happened, um, initially, my... I'm, I'm just second-guessing myself, like, man, maybe God sending me a message, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm not a marathoner. Yeah, maybe this is not the thing for me. Like, I should just... And then leading up to that marathon, I got sick a month before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so things were going up and down, and I knew that I wanted to be a marathoner, but I'm like, maybe this is a sign. So, story short, I finished the marathon, and I think I'm fine, and the doctors over in Chicago are suggesting I go get an, an x-ray. They think it could be broken. I'm like, no way. I, f- I ran 20 miles, and they're like, <laughs> adrenaline or whatever. Right. So, when I landed home the next day, my foot was so big, I looked like a hobbit. <laughs> and uh, it was purple, completely purple. And that's when I got scared. I was like, Pretty sure I cracked something in here, but luckily, no. <laughs> no. So you, are you tr- are you back to training now? Yeah, I'm about 10 days in and okay. just easy running here and there. But my foot seems to be fine, but my Achilles takes me a good two miles to warm up. And then at nighttime, it just it cracks and it feels a little stiff. But I've been told that I need rehab and I need to regain my mobility, my stability. And I didn't think it'd be that much of a big deal, but apparently it's going to take a while to get get back to 100%. Well, guys, before the marathon, he was a track runner, a 2012 Olympian for Mexico, actually. Uh, he's got PRs of 13.15 and 27.30. And you ran uh, in the Summer Olympics in London for Mexico in the 10K, is that right? Right. So tell us about how, I mean, how does it work that you become a, a an American citizen? Were you a dual citizen in 2012? And... Was it controversial, you running for Mexico versus running for the U.S.? Yeah, so I initially came to this country when I was 13 months old. So I wasn't really given the option of you're coming or staying. Right. And so I came here and I grew up seeing uh, Salinas, California as home. Okay. And then we would travel back and forth to Mexico to visit the grandparents, but it never felt right to me. And I became a resident in uh, 2000 in August. And from there... I wanted to run at the Olympic trials, and I never even considered running for Mexico, but I realized that I needed to be a citizen. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the right to even be at the trials because if you're not able to compete at at the international level, if you don't have all your paperwork through, you're not allowed to be at the trials. Okay. So then I was like, okay, sure. I filed my paperwork, and I became a citizen November 2011, November 18th, a few days before NCAAs. So I did all the process, and come uh mount sac around that time um we're misinformed and they're telling me that i need to wait a two-year period of becoming after becoming a citizen to be eligible to represent my country but another law from the iaaf went into effect in march that i wasn't aware of and that says that if you've been living in that country and you're a resident and you can prove that you've lived there for two two years and you're that little two-year period disappears and of course i had transcripts from northern arizona so i've been here my entire life but as that's going on and I'm misinformed, the Mexican Federation has been trying to take me to Daegu the year before. They reach out to me. They Daegu opened the door. was the world champs. 2011. 2011, okay. And I turned them down for that. So mm-hmm. they they wanted me, but at the same time, they made it tough on me. And they said, hey, if you can hit an A standard by Peyton, we'll take you. If not, forget about it. And at the time, I'm not even considering being a, having running as a full-time job. I'm just thinking this is it. Like, I've never once thought about pursuing this as a career so i'm like yeah sure i want to go to the olympics sure and i hop in the race and i run 27 32 it's like over a minute pr i'm like okay let's go wow, wow. <laughs> but it was controversial i did get a little bit of hate mail here and there really and of course you have the two different aspects where my my mom and my siblings usually not usually always support whatever decision i take even if i was to represent antarctica or anything right, like right, that right and uh my dad no my dad wasn't too happy but after it was all said and done, it didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I fit it in completely with the with the with the group. It just with pe- the Mexican team. With the Mexican wow. team, it's just that that's when my eyes were open, and I realized that it's one thing to be a Mexican American and a different thing to be a Mexican or an American. Mm-hmm. I don't completely blend in completely with the Mexicans or the Americans. I blend more in with the the immigrant people. Okay. So it just didn't feel right, and. To me, taking flights and meeting the president of Mexico was great, and it was an honor, no disrespect, but it didn't mean much. I wasn't meeting Barack Obama. Right. So if I met Obama, I'm sure that would be my Twitter picture, you know? Right, right. But (laughs) it it just felt like I was, in a way, I I felt as if I was 
taking away I wasn't taking somebody's spot because they didn't have the standard and they didn't have as many runners as the US did, but I was taking these opportunities for granted and it just I wanted to come home and the NCAA pushed me to my limits and it made me competitive and I wanted to be in that atmosphere where I had to in a way survival of the fittest. I needed to be around those people and I mean twenty sixteen proved it. I'm sit I watch the olympics at home so <laughs> yeah exactly so you were at the the 2012 games and and probably saw leo manzano how did you feel when he was running around the track with with both flags you know i feel that no disrespect to leo or anybody people are entitled to do whatever sure. they want and i personally don't know what i would have done because you're in the moment you have a silver Absolutely. medal so it, it's hard to judge them on that aspect but i just feel that i personally now that i've switch my allegiance back to the u.s i i don't know like i said i have i'm not in that situation absolutely but I, and i don't mean to take shots at him <laughs> right but uh, i personally don't think i would take the mexican flag because i'm representing my country uh the u.s and i wouldn't drop that mexican flag on the floor because it is my home country <laughs> right, but right. i think i would right. politely hand it back absolutely yeah. right and just so for any listeners that don't know the what you're referencing leo was representing the United States in 2012 in the 1500. He got the silver medal, and he did his victory lap with with the uh, U.S. flag and the Mexican flag. Uh, I believe he also was born in Mexico, so he he also has that history. Just just the backstory. Yeah, story and it was. And it w- I felt like it, it was controversial. You know, I mean, as as controversial as running can be, and that may be on uh, Rojo's Let's Run message boards. But you know, it, it, <laughs> I felt like it was. You know, it, 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 was a, it was a story to a lot, of, uh, a lot of runners out there. So I was just curious on that. And also you said your dad did not support the decision. You mean your dad didn't su- – your dad wanted you to run for the U.S.? Yeah, my dad is also a U.S. citizen now. Okay. And he just – I don't know if it's pride or what it is, right. but he just feels like we've taken big strides forward and we left that country and the U.S. has given us so much, which is right. So why not run for this great country? And, you know, it's he's just a prideful man. So he's got yeah. his own reasons because he immigrated here and he's the reason why we're, we became uh, residents through the Reagan amnesty. So he's, he's paid the price and he's gone through a lot more than I have. So I, I could see where he's coming from. A really cool perspective there from Diego Estrada. Um, so you're living in, in, in Flagstaff now. Uh, we had Mike Smith on this podcast earlier, who is now or going to be the director of cross country and track and field at uh, NAU, your 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 former school. Um, a little lighter questions. Uh, What's your favorite restaurant in Flagstaff? Yeah, because because Mike had a favorite restaurant. So uh, what is yours? Uh, I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but it's <laughs> definitely not Diablo Burger. <laughs> not Diablo Burger. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what. Do you remember what he actually it said? Was a, it was a sushi restaurant. Yeah, oh, probably okay. Monsoons or Karma. I don't, I don't actually remember. All right, the we're going to have it. to check back on that episode. But I, uh, I have a little hidden gem that I go there for lunch. It's the Daily Fair Cafe, and mm-hmm. it's hard to find. It's like... There's like a Ford or Chevrolet uh, dealership, mm-hmm. and there's like a dirt parking lot, and you drive up a hill, and it's probably the best lunch you can get. It's, they have fish tacos, duck tacos, nice. and it's a really tasty place. Like, I like their enchiladas and everything, but you'll be surprised. A lot of people are not even aware of that spot. What is it about Flagstaff? I mean, it seems like a great place for people to train, and it seems like a lot of people are like yourself are going there. So one of the reasons that Coach Behold is willing to work to me is because I'm at altitude. Mm-hmm. The moment I leave altitude, we're going to have issues. And that was a prerequisite <laughs> of working with him. Yeah. And I've been a big fan of Joe Behold since I was in uh, in high school. Like, my coach would follow his – he wouldn't necessarily coach me the way Coach Behold works, but he would always talk about him. And now that I've, I was, I'm finally able to work with the legendary – man like himself i'm not about to uh, question right. his uh his reasoning so coming out of college i wasn't sure if i was going to stay there but he told me that he wanted me to stay in flagstaff so i'm there because coach wants me to be there yeah he he is a he's a legendary coach and uh tell me a little bit about his, his philosophy is it a high mileage philosophy or what what kind of stuff are you doing so in order to develop he 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 has to find out a little about yourself and initially he wanted me to run a little bit more higher volume but i couldn't necessarily handle the if i run really slow i feel i run on my toes if i run really slow it throws off my mechanics and my it bands and everything starts hurting so i need to be more at a moderate pace like 620 six minute pace Mm -hmm. and at altitude that can be a high demand when you're doing hard workouts so we tapered it down and he would 
want me for the track to be running 90 miles to 100, but okay. I usually run like 60, 70. But we do workouts every other day, and he calls it set, specific adaptation to impose to demand. So we train to train the body to go through the demands of a race. And we he's not shy about his intervals. They're pretty aggressive. So his philosophy is if, you're, if you can adapt, then you'll be able to perform on race day. In some days, some races, I felt amazing that I don't even know. Right. I, it doesn't even hurt. Like when I ran the Houston half, that was too easy. And I broke 61. But then there's been races where I've struggled to run 63 minutes and every step of the way hurts. So it's just really hard training. And you got to be mature enough to know when to back off and when to call it a day because he's not there holding the stopwatch. And throughout the years, I've learned that sometimes less is enough. And yep. I don't have to finish 10 by a mile or, or a ridiculous workout that he he, he prescribes. It's just more of a goal. Right. Even though before, if it said, go do a 20-mile tempo at You're doing it. a certain pace, it's happening. I don't right. care if it's hailing or if it's right. a thunderstorm, I'm <laughs> <Right>. doing it. <laughs> right, right. Well, you're out here because of ASICS, and as the all four of us here, mm-hmm. uh, ASICS such a great sponsor of, of this podcast and, and of Diego. Uh, talk about ASICS and their, their partnership with you and how great they are. Yeah, so coming out of uh, college, I was representing Mexico, and I paired up with uh, Ray Flynn. Mm-hmm. And he, he knows me pretty good now, and he understands that I'm a very – I want to be in control of the situation and I want to work with people that appreciate me and respect me. And being a Mexican athlete at the time, I just felt like people weren't taking me too serious and weren't giving me the respect that I felt I needed in order to partner up with them. And ASICS overlooked the fact that I wasn't representing the U.S. and they were never involved with my decision of switching my allegiance. They full-on respected me, and they wanted to work with me and use me for their marketing in the U.S., regardless of who I represented. So right away, I linked up with them, and it just felt right. I didn't feel like like I was being, how, how can you say, like unappreciated. Right. I felt appreciated, and they were the ones that were on top of their game. They sent me pairs of shoes, three different sizes to try. They weren't sending me a single pair. Like right. their spikes, it was like, hey, here's a size 9, a 10, and a 9.5, whichever Let's get what fits works. better. And they were overnighting me packages. Like, they wanted to get it done ASAP. And I'm the type of guy that wants to be secure. And there were some little things that weren't fitting, clicking even with ASICs. And I voiced over my concerns. And they were willing to do it. That's awesome. And uh, so they, that, to me, just showed me that ASICs in general was a was there for me. And I, w- I wanted to represent somebody that could, you know, be a part of the family. That's awesome. So you're 10 days back running. What's What's next for you? You know, I I think my, I mean Tony's gonna be mad, but <laughs> <laughs> I think my days on the track might be over. I yeah. just I I just don't I I'm I'm trying to find that motivation and I can't find it. Yeah. Like, th- right now I'm starting training. I just can't get out the door thinking about track. I want to. Dude, run you ran marathon. you ran sixty minutes for for half marathon and two thirteen. I mean at this so point. So do the do the roads excite you I now? Mean, like yeah. when you think about it's, road races, yeah. are you getting out? Yeah, the door? no. I I love the atmosphere. I love the fact that people get behind you. I just I get that adrenaline rush running through like a crowd of people, and my style of running is always on my toes. So I feel like the roads are solid enough that I don't have to worry about the track sucking away my energy, like the the softness of the track. Yep. And I mean. I like to front run, so I think I don't have to worry about a kick once I figure out the marathon. I can just put on a big move. And, you know, I've been looking at the marathon ever since I was a sophomore, junior in high school. Didn't think I'd do it as a competitive athlete, but that's something I wanted to do. And, you know, 27, 30, 60, 50, when you look at tables and stuff, that more or less equates 206, 208. Yeah. And now that I've ran 2.13, no disrespect, because I'm a 2.13 marathoner right, myself. no doubt. But I just want to put a better time next to my name. <laughs> I want to get some... Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, I think it's time for uh, 2.08, 2.09 to become the norm for American distance running, and I want to jump on that train before 10 guys do it. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I know. You, I like... I know. And you, w- you will be able to, man. Well... Appreciate your time, man. Uh, you have been in DC. I want. I was gonna say next time you're in DC, you'll have. We'll have to have you in studio and get you, get, kind of check up on your running. But you came in DC for the 12K national championships. Twice. It's twice, a couple times. Did you? You were one of the top finishers. I was second one year. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think I was six or yeah. Seven. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I, the roads do suit you, man. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> I think that. 
uh, Coach Vigil and uh, and Diego have probably decided I think the roads do suit you. So, uh, no marathon on the schedule yet, though. You're just getting back. I have a meeting with my agent okay. after I leave here, go. and I think I'm going to push for one. <laughs> do you want to break any news? Do you want to like yeah. uh, give a, give our podcast an listeners an exclusive? Yeah. Well, sooner than later, if I can have my way. But there's two people that are the main the main components of this group and that's my agent and coach no disrespect to tony tony's very respectful he lets us do what we have to do but i'm not going to make an an, uneducated decision but i think i've convinced coach 50 percent of the way nice and my agent so you know i i want to run fast you know i think a new yorker a boston for now or you have to graduate from the marathon and you have to learn you can't just wing it and i think that once i've put a better time to my name and I've run one or two, then I'll start playing around with these ones. Cause I like it. The atmosphere here in New York is amazing, but I'll tell you, I can't see myself running through central park in the last tank year right now <laughs> after yeah. my previous two experiences. Right, right. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a different, different level than Chicago. Uh, and, and when I say level, I, I mean, literally it's a different level of, of a lot more Hills, uh, with, uh, the, the, the central park versus Chicago. Yeah. Cause imagine if I rolled my ankle here, Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> those Hills would have killed. It would have been, it would have been tough. All right. One final question. So Rachel, uh, we had Rachel Johnson on earlier and she is also represented by the Ray Flynn organization. So she was at Matt level agent. Are you at Ray level agent or are you at Matt level agent? <laughs> I think that, I don't know, I've never experienced it, but I do hear some athletes here and go question things like, hey, you got a phone call from Ray? <laughs> I was in Europe in Berlin and I got a phone call from Ray. And uh, another athlete who was not represented by him, he was like, I'm going to tell my friend who's represented by him, he called you. But I, I really don't know if it's a, a ranking or anything. Yeah. I just think that he's really good friends with my coach. And my coach is on top of his game, so my coach might be pushing Ray to help me out. So. He's, he's Ray level. That's a great answer. I love how he was very political. Great answer. But I think when you're top 10 at Chicago, first American finisher, I think you're going to get a call from Ray Flynn. So. Well, I'm meeting Ray right now. There so. you go. See, I we, am Ray level. Ray level. <laughs> Ray level. Yeah. All right. That's Diego Estrada. Uh, he is an elite runner for, for ASICs. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you, and uh, bundle love, because I know it's going to get cold soon. It's going to be a great day tomorrow, man. All right, there he goes. That's Diego Estrada. This is Pace the Nation. We'll be back after this. Thanks again to Diego Estrada for sitting down with us. Uh, Enjoy that interview. Also, thanks to Tony Herr. He is their athlete coordinator for ASICS, and he was the one who organized all these interviews. So enjoyed uh, both those. Diego, very interesting story. I mean, we talked politics earlier in this this show, and we're not going to talk any more politics. But uh, mm-hmm. he uh, being being a guy who came over from Mexico and ran for Mexico in the Olympics and then was really conflicted. Just a really cool story. Um, so congratulations to him and all his success. Look forward to seeing how he does uh, here in the future in the marathon, which is, is obviously his new thing. All right. Speaking of the marathon, we are three days uh, from the New York City Marathon that Joanne and I ran. Docs was uh, <sighs> running around spectating. <laughs> Yeah, but I think my day was harder than yours. I was running in jeans. <laughs> you were. And uh, as Mrs. Russo pointed out, standing in those stands was really hard. Yeah. Oh, Like I, it was, you know, it was not sturdy, so it would like wobble a little bit. It yep. was tough. It was really tough on us. Yeah, I, I really appreciate <laughs> the the Russos and Docs. Uh, you guys got some good videos. Not but, not we did. They well, did. P- yeah, you were. You I am were, the worst yeah, uh, marathon photographer. Yeah, video videographer slash photographer. I've been looking for a new calling in life, and <laughs> I successfully crossed something <laughs> off my list. Right, it's not that. Um, I'm feeling surprisingly not that you guys asked, but I'm feeling surprisingly <laughs> like not that sore. Like after the Boston Marathon in April, my quads were shot for pretty much the week after, and it was impossible to get up and downstairs. Whereas Today I feel like I'm going to go for a run and 
feeling pretty much back to normal. So you did less training for New York than you did for Boston, right? <laughs> no, so we just discovered the secret to success. No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You were on to something. Uh, it's not the less training. It was the weather. I really feel like the hot weather in Boston. Uh, you didn't hydrate enough in didn't Boston. Didn't hydrate enough and affected me physically you, more than I thought it would. You know what I think it was? What? I think it was that Farley walked about 10 miles after the yeah, race. That could have been it too. Uh, rather than in Boston, you probably just went and got on an airplane Pretty and flew, much. flew oh, you yeah, know, sat that's around. True, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. Maybe that was, maybe that's, you're onto something. And mm-hmm. if we, of course, we uh, chronicled that entire thing on the uh, two-part episode of last week's program. So yeah. if, if you miss what he's talking about, yeah, it was probably 10 miles. All of us probably put in about 10 miles after that race. Uh, great race, but just be prepared. <laughs> yeah, but actually, this might actually been an endorsement Maybe, for for yeah. that complete show after the the marathon. <laughs> it's like it will help you recover, right? Because uh, it will force you to. That's yeah. true. Um, did it force you to recover? Do you feel recovered? Are you ready to go back out for a run, Joanna? Um, for the most part, I've still got like a little thing going on with like my Achilles, but otherwise, like I feel fine. In the past, every time I think I've done a marathon, I've just been just like totally spent. Mm-hmm. for a good week but i feel i feel okay just my foot's bothering me a little bit when do you think your next run will, is going to be well i went to see dr beck yesterday okay um best chiropractor in virginia yes i think i mentioned that maybe pete sherry was a chiropractor pete's not a chiropractor so i, I just want to make an amendment here <laughs> uh, i don't know if this is the time or place to do it but i thought we were going to have a separate show where you apologize yeah. <laughs> uh and 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 corrections well, it we'll comes do, out on friday we'll do that we'll do that as well <laughs> um, love both dr beck and pete yeah Go ahead. uh and dr beck is great because he, he you know he did some of his art or whatever whatever yes. the stuff he does yep. um and my foot feels a lot better but i'm probably not gonna run for a week so okay. uh, when i come back from florida i come back on sunday so on monday i'll go for my first run and docs how's your training going since the marathon uh, I have not run since the marathon. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. In solidarity, uh, I decided <laughs> to also uh, not run. Well, that's very kind of that you. That is really yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. But in reality, a, I will run today. Team player. <laughs> team player. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's so? What's next for you guys? Like, do you have a, a new race on the schedule? A new goal? Got to put something on the schedule. Uh, I I don't. Um, I'm, I was hoping to maybe run a couple Pacers races. Uh, potentially the the 15k, which is December 5th, uh, the the pace is running 15 15k. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward. That's a new race that we're putting on the jingle all the way 15k. It's like at nine miles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 9.3 to be. Could exact. I do that? I might do that. Yeah, I think that's a good one for you to train for. I'm probably gonna do that too. All right. So we'll do it as a show. And well, that's how many of us do you think will actually be at the start? <laughs> that's that. We've made claims like this before. <laughs> Um, I, I'd like to have a, a an early goal like yeah. that, and I'll, I'll do that. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll we're all in. Me. Put our hands in the middle, and we've decided we're doing the jingle all the way 15k. So uh, that'll be my my next goal, and then I like to do the uh, the New Year's Eve uh, four miler in, in Fairfax mm-hmm. as well. So those are the two things on my docket. Uh, what about you, Joanna? Uh, I want to do the 15k. And, and it's it's December fourth. I said December fifth, but December fourth. December fourth. Yeah, as we. I just lost a correction. day of training. <laughs> <laughs> so the fifteen k. All right, cool. Uh, and then after the fifteen k, I think I'll probably evaluate how I feel and either train through the winter for a spring marathon or just focus on Parkway class- Classic. Is that in April? Yeah, that's in April. I really think I'm more of a ten mile or half marathoner. Um, Me too. But I do want to do just two more marathons, and then I think I'm done. I wanted to ask you what uh, your coach Trip had to say after your your race. Um, he said that he felt like maybe I had some undue pressure on me to <laughs> run faster than I was ready to do. <laughs> oh man, who would do that to you, man? All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I'm gonna fact check that. I know we don't do much fact checking, but I'm all right. Well, check. I have the email right here. Okay, all right, all right. No need to no need okay. to no need to fact check yeah, anymore. No need to fact check. Save that for Friday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I ruined my own marathon by thinking oh. at mile seven that I was suddenly a great marathoner <laughs> who could hold seven forty pace. Well, I was. <laughs> right. Then it probably was uh, uh, Mr. Hall that ruined your your marathon, <laughs> yeah. well, putting the idea in your head that you're better than you are. 
I just really thought I, I was like, I haven't done a marathon in four years. I'm Maybe I'm just really good at marathons now. I am totally exonerated. I feel much better. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much better now. Great. So, Joanna, you earned this vacation to Florida. What are you doing? Where are you going in Florida? I'm going to visit my grandma. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just a weekend trip? Just a weekend trip. Yeah. My parents okay. are meeting me down there as well. Oh, Two Didn't they get enough of you this I weekend? Know, two weekends in a row. They could never nice. get enough of me. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, enjoy your uh, trip to see grandmother. Um, enjoy seeing the Russos for the second week in a row. Docs, you got any big plans for this weekend? Yeah, I get to hang out with Luigi. Nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's a big, okay. big win for me. All right. So Lu- Luigi will be over here. So we'll have to coordinate uh, a dog park uh, trip, Docs. Yeah. Yeah. That was, the, that was the only bad part about going to New York with Joanna. Mm-hmm. Is that when she was out of town, then I I like lost out on the opportunity right. to dog, <laughs> dog sit. sit. Yeah. Well, and I will warn you that now that it's cooler, because last time you had him was in the summer. He has so much more energy when it's cooler outside than when it's hot. Well, he uh, and he and uh, London can run forever together this weekend at some point. So we'll have to coordinate that. I will be headed to uh, Penn State, watching the Hoyas run regionals. So good luck to the uh, men's and women's Hoyas cross country team as they try to make nationals. Uh, this week at uh, the Eastern Regional uh, Cross Country Meet. So big weekend for all of us. Some some a bit bigger weekend for some of us than but, others. But, but what I what I wonder is like now my big plans this weekend are meeting you at the dog park, <laughs> and then your very next statement was you're going out of town as well. <laughs> no, like no, I'll, I'll be. <laughs> you I'll just be, made plans I'll with be, me. I'll be gone Friday. I'll be back Saturday. <laughs> the, the race is the race is Friday. I'll be back. Uh, I'll uh, be back Saturday. So we will coordinate a dog park uh, trip. Can can I just make a quick shout out yes. to your son, James? Yes. Who has been in studio, but you wouldn't know it. I know. Uh, Good job, James. He's redeemed himself. He's welcome back in the studio. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I he's, forgot that he is welcome back. Well, well done. Well, no, he hasn't. He hasn't redeemed himself in every asset. Just, yeah. just gotcha. uh, he's welcome back in, in the, the studio, studio for a future recording. Way to go, James. All right, again, a big thank you to ASICS. Enjoyed having Rachel Johnson and Diego Estrada on the program today. Thank you to Tony Herr for setting all that up. And, of course, again, thanks to Greg, AJ, and all the good folks at ASICS for the awesome weekend in New York. We will not talk New York next week. Next week will be a brand-new show. Talking about Florida, you're right. Penn State, yep. and dog parks. That, 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 that's what you have to look forward to, and an exciting guest uh, as well. So look forward to that next week. All right, for William E. Docs and Joanna Russo, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week. outtakes what anything for the goofy outtakes at the end <laughs> i got nothing easter, easter eggs farley that's why i bought a ranch level house right well, is because i didn't want stairs in my house for, so for after after racing yeah I, d- I needed to think that through before i got my house <laughs> yeah your house has has like like yeah. narrow oh, turn up, yeah. up and down stairs yeah, all what day a mistake. long